Good morning. Welcome to Trainwreck Marriage. I'm Dave Touchton. And I'm Susan Touchton. Hey, we're going to dive off track a little bit just because our life kind of lives that way. Um, as most of you know, we're, we bought a house. We're remodeling it. Um, we have no kitchen cabinets, no living room furniture, no table. Um, and basically, we got two bedrooms done and, and a bathroom. And that's what we're living in, but we're doing all the work ourselves. So, um, but it kind of brought up an interesting thought and, you know, uh, dealing with some of the people that we deal with and that we work with, some things have come to light this week that really doesn't do with marriage as much as it does your own personal, um, really walk with God and where, where, what that looks like. And, you know, we were, um, we're working on the hallway. We've got flooring down in the hallway. We've got our master bedroom, which we have not even, we've tore it up, but we haven't really started working on putting it back together. And, you know, Susan's painting doors and we'll be hanging them tonight and have all the doors hung. And, um, but when you walk down the hallway, it looks like the house is really well put together. And we know there's construction going on in the living room and kitchen, and that's no surprise. And, you know, um, but when we close the master bedroom door, it can almost disappear. It almost is like it's not there. And, um, you know, God really put on me this morning that um, what places are you hiding from me or what places are you denying? And, you know, you know the obvious ones that are being worked on, but what about the other ones? And it really is one of those things that when you do personal reflection on who you are, you know, God asks for all of it. He doesn't ask for three quarters of the house. He wants the whole house, even the room that's a disaster and all tore apart. But um, through a situation that happened this week, we, we were... Uh, talking with one of the guys we talk with and and uh it is it, it was like pride's not an issue i know i'm always right you know and and it kind of is one of those things that i can see how all of us with different things maybe not pride but whether it be fear or control or or other things to where we have that hidden room in the back of the house, and in some houses it's larger than others. Um, but we have that room that we deny we have because it's a whole lot easier looking at other people and blaming them or looking at other areas of, hey, look at the living room. It's a disaster compared to the master. That's a very small area, but that small area is the area that really Satan uses to drive who we are. Um, and I, I just really, God was showing me that, that yes, the living room I want, but right now we are sitting in our living room and there is flooring everywhere. There's subfloor, there's no cabinets, there's no furniture. We have a coffee pot and two little tables and that's what we're surviving on for lack of a better word. Well, we know it's under construction, but what about those areas that we've got used to not having or the areas that we got used to um, really them being kind of messed up and we really don't want to deal with them, but it's almost, it's not an avoidance. 
it's almost like it's who we are. We're okay with it. Anyway, that that's kind of where God started taking me this morning is, um, you know, because in a marriage, let's be real honest, there's, there's one of those things that all of your hidden areas affect your spouse. There, there is no one that's arrived and is perfect and there's no one that's figured it all out, but those small hidden areas are actually a bigger problem than the areas that we already know God's working on and we're okay with, and we're, we're just being patient. Well, and I think of, you know, just like the master bedroom, we can shut the door and you know, we kind of, not that we forget it's there, but that's, that's kind of the thing that God's laying on me during this whole conversation is, you know, God knows all of it already. We know that the master bedroom's back there and that it's a disaster and that it's all tore apart. And at some point in time, we're going to have to work on it and, um, get it to where it's livable. Um, but that's no different than God knows those, things that are so buried inside of you, the things that you want to maybe forget, um, the things that you don't really want to deal with. He already knows them. And so at some point in time, whether we like it or not, we're going to have to deal with those things. And I think that, you know, being in his word and drawing closer to him and, um, really seeking his direction is how dealing with those things are going to be easier. Um, instead of trying to do it yourself, a good example, again, with the construction is, you know, we've got sheetrock taping and mudding, which I have not, I've yet found one person that says, oh, I love to tape in mud. Um, and if you're out there local, please let us know because we could use some help. But, um, you know, we, that part we're letting somebody else do because, um, one, we're on a time crunch as far as cabinets coming in and that kind of thing. Um, but, um, but we could keep it to ourselves. We could say, well, we can do it. Um, and then, you know, we're trying to do all of this chaotic stuff, trying to get at a, arrive at a certain destination in this particular case, having the house finished. Um, and so we just kind of, you know, muck through it. And, you know, even last night I was thinking as I was painting what seemed like the gazillionth coat on doors, thinking, what have we done? Why did we do this? Why did we buy this house? Why did we, you know, we're in our fifties. Why did we take on this project? And it's the first time that I've thought it since we've got the place, because it is the perfect place for us. And it's, it's going to be great, but it's just you get so tired and weary um, of working on whatever it is you may be working on that you think, you know, why, God, why am I going through this? Why is this happening or why whatever? And, you know, somebody posted, um, don't give up because God is always with you. He walks alongside you and brings you along. And if we rely on him, we will eventually get to our destination. And by relying on him, it's going to be an easier path, not an easy one, but an easier one with him than trying to do it all ourselves. Yeah, no, I think that, uh, well, and I think in the tiredness, 
you know, um, and, and that's really in life in general, I think we get to the point we assume we know what the problem is. And, and really, it's, I mean, truly not the work as much as, okay, when are we going to be in here? Do we have enough money to buy everything? Is everything going to turn out okay? What's it all going to look like? I mean, really, if you, if you dive down into it, yes, we're working every evening on the house. We work weekends on the house. We do take breaks every now and then, by all means. But some of that is not really the work. Some of it is not knowing the time frame. Some of it is, can we financially afford, is it going to work out in the end? And I think those are the hidden ones that are the real questions for me is, do you trust me? Are you truly giving me permission to go into any room? And that, that sounds really odd that you'd have to give God permission um, but it also is one of those things that I feel like that we can shut rooms off to God and say, no, we've got this room. That's kind of the free will thing. He knows what's in it. So, I mean, it's not like he's surprised, but do we really let him roam through our, our life? Cause the thing is most of the time, and Susan read a post last night, but it really comes down to blaming other people, how they're not the way you want them or the way they should be or you feel. Some of that is you're a mirror. And your spouse is giving back to you what you're giving to them. And, and I say that, and I, I've got flack from that before, but I've found it to always be true. If you're unhappy with your spouse you probably ought to check what's God saying to you. Because a lot of times, my attitude predicts Susan's response. In the same way, her attitude predicts my response. Um, as you can hear, the dogs are fighting in the background. They're wrestling. And so you're just going to have to bear with us or we'll throw them out of the house. Well, something that um, he said... You know, I have in my mind what I want everything in this house to look like. The kitchen, the living room, the, the bedrooms. You know, I want this um, perfect little house, and I use quotation marks around perfect. Um, and in my mind, I can see it, and I want it. Um, but there's factors that may or may not contribute to me getting it exactly how I see it. Um, and that's kind of like, you know, God is, when I have an issue or let's just say I'm dealing with something at work or whatever, you know, I have in my mind how I want to fix it, how I want it to look in the end. And that could be completely opposite of how God wants it or how he says it's going to be best. And that's why I think it's so important that we are constantly seeking him because his will is ultimately the best. His plan is much better than our plan. And a lot of times when we get into our head, well, this is how it should be. This is what it should look like. This is how a certain person should act. 
I don't know why they do this because I expected him to do this. And I guess that's the thing is a lot of, you know, things that I find that cause me frustration is I have expectations. I think that somebody should react to whatever I say or do um, in a certain way. And then when they don't, I get frustrated or down or depressed or disappointed when I can't put expectations on other people. I can't expect them to act the way that I act. I can't expect them to act the way that I think they should act. And so it's just um, really, I don't know, kind of, I'm not sure where I'm going with that, but just the simple fact that when we have something in our head of what we think something should look like, and then it doesn't end up looking that way because there's outside factors that contribute to it, what is your go-to? Yeah, no, I think all that's valid because the other thing that, what kind of attitude are they feeling that you're putting out during that situation? I think that's a that's a really good tie-in because, you know, when you're frustrated and your expectations aren't met, then everyone knows it around you. You cannot hide it. And so you sometimes, and I'm not saying you as in Susan, I'm saying you as in me, you as in whatever your situation is, you're frustrated with what's going on or this person or they should have reacted this way or why didn't they do this when all of a sudden you start carrying that and the more you carry that, the more they know you're carrying it and it actually aggravates them. You know, that's, that's where this whole thing kind of all ties together. You know, it's, it's back to the mirror thing. You know, when, when you're giving attitude to somebody, they're going to give, they're going to feel it. And that's what, I can't remember what book I read. It was, it was, I don't read very many, but there was, it was a very impactful one. Um, but it said people can feel without you saying a word, what you already think about them. So if you're disappointed in the way they're acting or you're, you're frustrated, well, you don't have to say a word and they can feel it. You know, and I, I think that we don't give that credit, near enough credit, because instead of having love and grace, there's usually judgmentalness and, and expectations and things that don't have anything to do with God. But we've kind of got it in our head, and then we wonder why they react that way. It's because they already know you hate them, and you've never said a word. Have you ever had that conversation with somebody? I mean, well, I know you don't like me. I've never said that. Well, I know you do. Okay, there, there's validity to that. Because it's the attitude you're already giving them. And it's not love and grace. I was talking to a friend of mine who runs a business, and uh, we were talking about, do you pray for your employees? He's like, no, never real. I mean, I pray for them if something's going on. But do you pray for them just on a day-to-day basis? No, I hadn't really thought of that. What about praying for jobs or preparing the hearts of the people you're going to talk to? Well, I hadn't thought about that. But... Do you pray for your spouse 
And how do you pray for your spouse? And I, I, you know, we've talked about that a lot in the past of how do you pray for your spouse? Because sometimes that's more revealing in who you are and how frustrated you are with your spouse is the way you're praying for them. Because it's, they give me patience with them. Okay. What that's saying is God's wanting to work on you. Why don't they do this? Lord, help change them. Whatever the, the prayer is. But I, I don't know that we really truly, I mean, I can't really say, yeah, when stuff's going on, I pray for Susan and I pray for, I wouldn't say regularly because she's normally pretty good, but, but how much do you really pray for your spouse? Well, and that, you know, if you think about what your main frustration is during whatever, you know, but that, that caused me to think if you, if you don't have a business, if you don't own the business, but you work in a place, you know, do you pray for your boss? Do you pray for, um, your fellow employees? The thing of it is, is, you know, a lot of times your boss can be a real jerk or whatever the case may be, but you probably don't know what's going on in their world. You probably don't know what they're going through. And so just lifting them up in prayer when that's probably the last thing that you want to do. I know when, you know, I get frustrated at David because he's my husband and he's my boss, sort of, kind of. Uh, Not really, but kind of. But, you know, like even yesterday, I had to stop and pray, not necessarily for him. We had a customer call that's just a very difficult customer. And it just raises my blood pressure. It gets me frustrated. And so I took our dog out back to go to the bathroom. And it's just like, okay, God, show me how to deal with this. Show me. I don't like the feeling that's boiling up inside of me. What's the best way to deal with this? Give me your peace. Give me something, you know, and instead of praying for myself and how I react to it is it did not even cross my mind. If I'm being truthful to pray for that person, I don't know what they're going through. They're totally frustrated at things that we don't even have any control over. And, um, but it, it didn't even cross my mind that I should pray for them. Instead, I'm praying for me and how I'm going to feel better. And so a lot of times I think that's, maybe our reaction and that's maybe how we pray is lord how do i deal with this how you know help me not to you know hold on to it help me not to kill them help me not to say ugly words help me to choose my words wisely whatever the case may be instead of lifting them up to god and asking him to meet them where they're at asking him to heal whatever hurt they're going through ask him to give them peace in the situation. Um, so I'm not just talking to you guys this morning. That was just a little tidbit that God just gave me for myself. Yeah. Well, and I think that, you know, um, not only praying through counseling, of course I was really jacked up, um, through a lot of situations and had a lot of misbeliefs in my head that, that I felt were rock solid truth. And I found out they're not, um, but, but what he, the counselor kept on me about is why do you feel this way? 
And so I had to start praying in those situations where I'm really mad or I'm really this or I'm really that. God, what is it? Show me what's inside of me that's causing this. Because if I have your Holy Spirit, I've got peace, I've got grace, I've got all of these things, which means there's something in me causing this. And uh, <coughs> sorry about that. Um, but, you know, like Susan said, we, we get self-centered on God heal me, give me peace, give me this, give me that, give me this. Sometimes it's a matter of saying, and it's a tough prayer because I'll be honest with you, you're not going to like the answer. God, show me why this makes me so mad or this makes me worry or this makes me frustrated or this because that you can change. The other person you can't change. All you can do is give them grace. And I think sometimes that's part of the current world is it's not me, it's them. When when really it's us and God's trying to show us something, but we really don't want to see it. I mean, I think that's a, um, a commonality that I found in my life is I just soon him fix them, then show me something bad about me that I need to deal with. And, you know, uh, I was talking to this guy in business and I said, my biggest close ratio, and I don't do it every day. And I, I really wish I could get, I would get better and I will, but my best close days are when I start out and say, God, prepare the heart. I'm going to talk to prepare the people's heart of who I'm going to talk to today and prepare my heart to speak to them. If you noticed, I wasn't talking about Lord, close every job I deal with or Lord, make all this work out money wise, or I need, you know, um, honestly, those are my biggest closing days and weeks because I'm praying for them. I'm praying for him to prepare them for me. Um, and we don't really, you know, like Susan said, we all deal with a mad customer, a mad boss, uh, whatever the case is. Mad child, mad. But yeah. The list could go on and on. Correct. Um, but do you really pray pray for them? And And I guess that's kind of my point in this whole day is what God showed me this morning is, um, you know, it's really not about them. It's really about your relationship with me. Well, and I think, too, just something that hit me is, you know, we started talking about the things that we hold on to, that we hide, that we try to keep away from God. Um, that's not to say that you shouldn't spend time asking God to reveal to you what you need to get rid of or what you need to work on or whatever. Because, you know, if you're not in a good place, it's really hard to give to others. Um, so I think, you know, getting your heart right and preparing yourself is a great thing, but it can't always, always be about just you. You know, we all live in a world that we encounter people that are struggling and that are hurting and we're called to be a light to them and we're called to be God's ambassadors. Um, but if we're not filled up with him and we're not, um, feeling like we, you know, if we don't look in the mirror and see him, 
um, then, then that's something that we need to work on because we have to be a representation of who he is. And in this world right now, it, people need to see Jesus. They need to see him um, through other believers, through other Christians. And, you know, it, it breaks my heart when, and I don't even know why I'm going down this road, but, you know, you've heard people that work in restaurants say that they hate Sundays because the church people come in and they're the worst customers. They tip the worst. Their attitudes are the worst. That should not be. You know, that is... Those people need to see the love of Jesus, and that gives the rest of us, you know, kind of a bad rap. But um, so as, you know, work on yourselves, but also praying for other people and the condition of, of their heart and sh being able to show grace to them when they may not deserve it or need it, um, it I don't know, it's, it's just kind of key to yeah. No, I think that segues right into what we're talking about. But I also would say, do you give your spouse grace? And, and, and uh, you know, are, are they seeing Jesus through you? Or are they seeing somebody that's frustrated and, you know, mad about this? Because with me, I get wound up about how things are going, are the timelines being met? Because I want to, I want this to be perfect for Susan. I don't relay it that way. I usually relay it with frustration and aggravation. Um, but you know, I, I guess you really need to evaluate again, who you are and does your spouse see Jesus through you? We're talking about all these other people that need to see Jesus through you. But when you come home and you're frustrated with everything that's happened today or your spouse did this or you got home and this wasn't done or this was done or this was moved and you, you there's a whole list of things you know we've been married coming up on 28 years and uh there are things that still aggravate each of us about the other it's just true but do you really work on that with god so that he changes your heart. And I, I mean, I can tell you, no, I don't regularly. It's not a, a hot subject for me. Um, but we should be. Because, I mean, if there's anyone that we show the love of Christ to, it should be our spouse. And if you're not showing it to them, then how in the world are you showing it to everybody else? Because, again... It's that room in the closet or room in the house that you keep closed that could have past hurts, could have this, could have whatever. And I've said this for decades, and it, it is very true. You beat the ones that are closest to you. And you take out all your frustration on on whoever you love the most because you but really you're under the assumption they won't leave you. And you're just comfortable. Right. It's just a comfortable place to right. be. And so you slap a smile on for everybody else. Praise Jesus. Pray for everybody. And you get home and you're pissed off. Or you didn't do this again. Or you did this again. You know, I, I think that's one of those things that really across your your whole spectrum of your life, whether it be marriage, whether it be people you meet, 
Um, who are they seeing? Are they seeing, I, I think a Todd White, I, I listened to him for a while. I, um, but one thing I caught from him that was really, really cool was when you squeeze an orange, you get orange juice. When you squeeze an apple, you get apple juice. What would happen if you squeezed an orange and got apple juice? Wouldn't you think that's odd? But yet when you squeeze a Christian, why don't you get Jesus? And, you know, really whenever we get squeezed, especially with our spouses, Jesus is the last thing they see. Generally speaking, yes. I, I mean, really, that's... And, and so it's kind of one of those things of why? And, and, and that's really kind of... But it's a real self-reflection day of, you know, when you get squeezed at work, does your spouse see Jesus when you get home? When things aren't going well at home or, or we have an 18-year-old, craps everywhere in the room, blah, blah, blah. Um, we both told him not to eat and drink in his bedroom and there's a pile of trash in there. Do they see Jesus? And I'm not saying... But roll over on everything and let them do whatever they want. That's not my point here. But my point is, you can be truthful with them without being harsh. And I haven't figured that out. I have some places. Some places I have, other places I haven't. And, and um, you know, do, do they see the love of Jesus, but yet you're still being truthful with them? Well, and I think the word that just keeps coming back to mind is grace. Um, you know, the Bible tells us that we are all sinners saved by grace. And it's by Jesus' grace that we are, um, you know, forgiven and um, accepted and loved. And he calls us to offer that grace, that same kind of grace to others, um, whether it be especially our spouse, um, our children, you know, I was, you know, I, Eli doesn't get home until really late because he has school, the second shift. And, you know, I shot him this text of, I want all the trash and food and everything picked up before I get home. And thankfully, it, this is a, a good example of why text messaging, the tone doesn't come across because I was really angry. I, I've asked him nicely. I've told him nicely. I, told them we weren't going to have food and stuff in there and yet you know it's in there and so um but you know just having the conversation of you know we are blessed enough to have this house and we are to be good stewards stewards of the resources that God has given us and I you know in my mind I would like to think that that kind of conversation is going to be more effective than me just saying I'm done being nice get all this crap picked up. Um, now, whether or not it will be or not, I don't know. But in my heart, I feel like that would be a better conversation. And it does my heart better than to get all the stress and the anxiety and all of that. Um, and so just being able to offer grace um, because of the grace that we receive. Yeah. And that's the thing that I the guy just really lays on me is, 
What do you do to me repeatedly? What do you keep going back to that I've asked you not to? And, you know, he hasn't disowned us or got violently mad at us and and so on and so forth. But we've got to be willing to give that grace to the next person. And that's where we really struggle. Mm. That is... That is where we want all the grace we can get from God, but we want to give very little to someone else. Anyway, we're out of time today. I I just, I really thank you guys for listening. And I really ask that, uh, share this with somebody that needs it because at the end of the day, um, we're not doing this for our health. We feel like God's given us some words that really are there to help other people. And what we, our mess is our message. So guys, you have a great week. We love you.